now, it's time for the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley, 1017, 1035, and 1460 WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show continuing here on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460 AM. Shout out to our guy at 92 Hokey on Twitter. We were talking about name puns, monikers for the new defensive line meeting room. Uh, Bill Tierlink, Daryl Tapp. We had uh, Bill and Tapp's Excellent Adventure. We had Tears on Tap. Uh, how about this one from, from uh, Wayne Kent at 92 Hokey? Defense is bringing the tears and making offenses tap out in 2020. Hashtag LPD 2.0. He even admits maybe a stretch. Maybe a little bit of a stretch. I still like it. I appreciate a good pun. <laughs> Defense is going ham. Hamilton? No? No? All right. Uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to make sure we got you covered uh, on everything going on in the sports world so you have something you can talk about uh, in every conversation that may happen at the water cooler, the PTA meeting, at happy hour, whatever it is. We give you the ins and outs of the biggest stories in sports, and we do it in a segment called Got You Covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. And the big news today, everybody, is that Bill Tierlink is the new defensive line coach of the Virginia Tech Hokies. We knew there was going to be a slow process as they look to fill all the holes that were created by coaching departures prior to the Belk Bowl. Bill Tierlink will be linking up with Daryl Tapp, and they'll be taking care of the defensive line for the Hokies. How about this, everybody? This is what you're selling to a recruit, a defensive line recruit. Think of some stud, six foot, six inch, 230 pound, 17 year old that looks like he's 30. Here's what you're pitching you have one defensive line coach that spent 10 years in the NFL as a player from the 757, Daryl Tapp, the legend, double nickels, 55. The other coached in the NFL for eight years. If you want to make it to the league, how about you have someone that is a talent evaluator in the league telling you this is what we look for, and you have someone that was a player in the league telling you this is what I did to give them what they were looking for. It is the best of both worlds, starting with Justin Hamilton at the beginning of the offseason and all the way up through tier link. I don't think the Hokies have missed on a hire as of yet filling out their staff with still a couple openings to go. It is great news for Hokie Nation. The Browns, speaking of filling coaching openings, are the last spot on the coaching carousel that is still open, the last horse or zebra going up and down around the carousel that doesn't have an occupant. There is no rush now. The only reason you rush to hire is to make sure you get your guy before the next one does right? The Panthers acted fast to get Matt Rule because they didn't want the Giants to be able to make a better offer. So listen to what the Browns are going to do now. Slow it down. They're going to take their time. They're going to hear everybody out. They're going to interview an extra candidate because there's no reason not to. The, as long as you have John Dorsey still in place to, uh, to run the draft, take your time. Take it slowly. North Carolina, <laughs> North Carolina basketball, everybody. Uh, if you are a Virginia Tech Hokies fan and you were a little bummed out that the Hokies lost to Duke and that they lost to UVA, two of the top 20 teams in the country, look no further than North Carolina to make yourself feel so much better. They have now lost to Georgia Tech. Following Georgia Tech, their coach called the team the least gifted he's ever coached at North Carolina, only to come back and lose a 14-point lead to Pittsburgh. How about this, everybody? Maybe 
the old guy that's not playing the games shouldn't make fun of the team that he's coaching and expect it to be motivational. Maybe the old guy who's in the Hall of Fame shouldn't look at these kids that are doing their best, call them ungifted, and not acknowledge the fact that he recruited the ungifted players. Maybe he should take a little bit of it, right? You accept the blame, you deflect the credit. That's what a coach does. Roy Williams, I didn't think I'd have to be the one telling you this. They're the least talented you've ever had at North Carolina, and it's your fault. Jake Fromm is going pro out of Georgia, uh, the quarterback. I'm going to put it this way. I don't think he's ever going to be as big a star as he is right now at Georgia. Now, if he is comfortable making a lot more money to exchange being a much less high-profile situation, cool. If he's fine being Matt Barkley, fine. But if I were him, I think I would have given it one more run into national championship uh, down there in Athens, Georgia. And finally, Cade Mays, former five-star Georgia uh, offensive lineman started 11 games this year has entered has entered the dreaded transfer portal and how about this his dad has had to file a suit against Georgia a lawsuit because he lost the tip of his finger a couple years ago at a Georgia function folding it up in a folding chair now Virginia Tech fans you're hearing this and going if he gets immediate eligibility because his dad lost half a finger and Brock Hoffman had to sit out the whole year with his mom having a brain tumor you're thinking incorrectly you want to be on the side of the players so Brock Hoffman doesn't happen again you want the NCAA to let Cade Mays transfer anywhere you're in favor of any player transferring anywhere you want. So the next time Braxton Burmeister wants to transfer from Oregon to Virginia Tech or another player in a similar situation, the next time Brock Hoffman wants to transfer from Coastal Carolina to Virginia Tech or a similar situation, Virginia Tech will not have to wait. Virginia Tech has some buzz. They got D-line coaches leaving the NFL at the same position to come to them. They have a ton of returnees. They are an attractive place for transfers. So let's go ahead and make it as easy as possible for transfers to go anywhere because I bet a bunch of them are going to want to come play in Blacksburg. That's it for Gotcha Covered. All right, everybody. I've been waiting for this for, for a couple of hours now. I want to talk about this in the first hour. Ran out of time. Roy Williams, Hall of Fame coach of North Carolina, comes out after his team gets schmalacked by Georgia Tech, who, who objectively is not a program that should be schmalacking North Carolina, comes out and puts it pretty flat out on the table and says, this is the least gifted team I've had since I started coaching here, meaning North Carolina. Least gifted is the term he used. Uh, sounded a bit like this is the worst, they stink, uh, sounded a bit like they have no talent, sounded a bit like I don't know how I, this position was thrusted upon me. Here's how he should have said it if he was being honest with himself, okay? If he wasn't being deflective, if he wasn't deflecting blame. Here's what he should have said. This is the least gifted team that I assembled solely as the head coach and main recruiter of North Carolina. It's like a painter saying, this is the worst painting I've ever seen. It's like, you painted it. This is the worst painting I've ever had in my portfolio. You painted it. It's very simple. Ready? Leaders of all kind, listen up. And I can't believe I'm about to give a leadership lesson to a Hall of Fame coach that's won national championships at the pinnacle of his sport. I'm going to give a leadership lesson here. Every leader, listen up. 
whether you're the manager at work, whether you are the captain of your ultimate Frisbee team, whether you are the head coach of a college basketball superpower, listen up. You accept blame. That's on me. We're not playing well. I need to do better. I didn't prepare the team well enough. I didn't assemble the right players. You accept blame using I. You deflect credit using they. You lose to Georgia Tech. I need to do better. I didn't prepare them. I need to do this. I need to do that. That's in public. In private, you can say, you guys aren't playing hard. You guys aren't this. You guys aren't that. In public, I need to prepare. I need to get them to work harder. I need to get them to play better. You win a national championship. I did it with great players. They put in the work. They gave up their free time to put in extra work. My assistants had them prepared to work. You accept blame. You deflect credit. It is that simple. People will heap praise upon you. You don't need to attract any more of it. And people, if they're blaming you and you're immediately going, not me, them, then you're just getting both of you tied up in it. And for those of you saying, this is my favorite part. This This is why I love how this came out. For those of you saying, he's motivating them. He's motivating them. This is a, a coach that is, as you mentioned, a Hall of Famer, a national champion. This is Roy Williams. Just passed Dean Smith on the all-time wins list. This is Roy Williams. He knows what he's doing. He is using the media to light a fire under the you-know-what of his players. How dare you question his motivational tactics? You must be a hokey homer. I have this to say to you. This is the timeline of events. They lose to Georgia Tech, right? The embarrassing loss that started all of this. Roy Williams calls his team the least gifted team he's had at North Carolina. The big motivating factor, right? The the wizard using everything at his disposal, using the media to get through to his players. The next game, they lose a 14-point lead to Pittsburgh and lose again in arguably just as embarrassing a fashion. Oh, turns out that whole blaming your players and not taking any credit for the loss, turns out that whole thing doesn't actually motivate guys, doesn't motivate your troops, doesn't get them to work harder and play better. What a wild concept. Instead, it's, it kind of probably made them upset with you. Instead, it kind of probably took their attention away from basketball for at least a couple hours when they were sitting there stewing angry at their head coach, who it appears doesn't have their back to the national media. And I don't care what the reasoning is, right? There's there's, uh, uh, injuries, early departures, recruiting misses, whatever you want to attribute this to. There's one person that has their fingerprint all over, their Carolina blue fingerprint all over that program. It rhymes with Joy Billiams. Roy Williams. The fact that a head coach could ever even think that it is possible to deflect blame to someone else in a college sports program where it starts and ends with you is is bonkers to me. 
It is wild to me. It makes no sense to me. And it's why for all of the, the rises and falls, the highs and lows the, the, uh, of the Virginia Tech coaches, of Coach Fuente or Coach Young, you have never heard them do something like that. And you can be proud of that. They are guys that you want leading young men. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's see what we're talking about here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Uh, well, 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 we still have Andy Bitter to come. Uh, when we come back, however, we're going to talk a bit about Tom Brady. You know him. You may love him. You may hate him. But you're not getting rid of him. Next. Get your Hokies fix with Tim. More of the Tim Donnelly Show next on WRAD. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460 AM. Here's the deal, everybody. If you get in a collision, if you get in a situation where your car is banged up, sometimes you don't even get yourself in the situation. You park the car, you go into the store, you come out, there's nobody around, but there's a new dent in the back of your car. It wasn't the wind, I'll tell you that. It may have been. Maybe a wind in a shopping cart? Hmm. Well, yeah, okay. But then the shopping cart would be around. You would see exactly. Uh, some people are just bad people, right? They bang into your car and then they're like, mm, "Let's go to the other grocery store," and they just drive away, and you're left in a lurch. If that happens, the best thing you can do is take it to Collision Plus. They'll make sure you get taken care of. Five four zero nine five three three nine one zero. Limited lifetime repair warranty for as long as you have the vehicle. Auto body repair, auto paint refinishing, vehicle pin striping, frame and unibody straightening, collision wheel alignments, temporary repairs, vehicle towing, enterprise car rental. It's all right there in Blacksburg and Christiansburg at two convenient locations. Once again, 540-953-3910. All right, everybody. Um, Tom Brady put on Instagram a long, emotional, kind of cryptic, like he's writing poetry uh, caption. That ended with, place yourself in the arena again, and that's right where you will find me, because I know I still have more to prove. Which I think if you, if you, you like burn some incense in the corner, you meditate for a half hour, and you read it again, what it will tell you is Tom Brady's not retiring. I think that's what that all meant. Now you hear a collective groan from across the like the nation. I just think it's funny, and I, I know that this is partially him convincing himself that it's true, but but that he ended it with "I still have more to prove." I want to know what else he has to prove. What he's got to go win seven Super Bowls and break the record that he owns solely by himself with six. What what is what does he have to do? Go become the greatest of all time because he's already considered the greatest of all time. Team success, individual success, personal life success. Stamp it, stamp it, triple stamp it. Like what does he need to prove? And actually, I would argue the only thing he has left to do would be to lose some of the accomplishments he's made. Why would you want to do that? Too? Right there, there are certain things that he has accomplished, whether they be per game averages, whether they be efficiency levels that he's reached, or whether they've just simply been that we haven't seen him drop off significantly. Why would he risk all of that? Now, I, I, again, 
Players do what players want to do, and I want you to be happy. So if Tom Brady wants to keep playing until he's 50, if there's someone out there that will have him on the team and he wants to, go ahead. But if I were a friend, right, if me and Tom kicked it on the weekends and he came to me as, you know, sometimes guys come to each other, right, with, hey, man, let's uh, let's put the jokes on hold for 20 minutes, right? And then you uh, – Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're serious here, right? Because guys don't put the jokes on hold very often. Let's put the jokes on hold for 20 minutes. What do you think I should do? My advice to him would be like, all right, hey, let's go on the, you know where every, every real like serious guy talk happens? Back porch at a table with a, with an umbrella in the middle, but the umbrella is folded down. All right. So, so picture we're at an umbrella, but it's not open. We're sitting on the back deck. And we're sitting in the, the the bouncy lounge chairs. I'd be like, listen, retire. Go out near the top. I know you're not going out on a Super Bowl win, but but I don't want you to become obsessed with going out like Peyton Manning or like John Elway, and you end up tarnishing your reputation. Right now, your reputation as a football player is as pristine as anyone's that has ever walked this planet. Right now, he's basically like, in a casino, he's got all of his winnings, all of these like this kind of fortune it, of like exactly accomplishments. He, he's he, betting on it. Here's what it is: he came in as a sixth round pick. He came in with like a hundred dollars, one chip, one hundred dollar chip in front of him. He's got millions. I'm talking. He's got the kind of chip stack in front of him that it takes both arms to corral. And then, some- and he's looking at you, going, "But I lost the last hand. I can't go out. I lost." It's like, yeah, but you only bet $20 on that hand. Let's not bet all $2 million just so you go out a winner with the, with the $20 that you lost on the last hand. I get it. I get you. You want to, like, put a nice cherry on top, but it might be. You, got you already got the armfuls worth of chips here, buddy. <laughs> Walk, get get the, the casino security to help you carry it all to the window. Dump it all in there. And take it out in small bills. Win it and ask them to cash it out in ones so you can walk out with duffel bags upon duffel bags upon duffel bags and load up like a Suburban's worth of cash and go celebrate. Right? The rest of his life, everywhere he goes, there's going to be applause. He will never have to buy a drink in his life. And he's going to have all the money to buy all the drinks. He is a former athlete in America. That becomes our, our demigods. Go enjoy it. Let's take a break when we come back. Truth or trash? And we will be talking with Andy Bitter to round out the show. Stick around. Tim Donnelly Show, back. Talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 1017-1035-1460 AM. One of the things we're bringing with us uh, from the afternoon show to the morning show, now that we are on mornings here on WRAD, is something we call Truth or Trash. Is it truth or trash? Truth or Trash is simple. Lobro, our producer, is going to read a statement. I have not heard, seen, written, read any of these statements. Uh, I will say whether it is truth or trash, state my case, be as persuasive and convincing as possible. If I do end up with Lobro on my side, you will hear this. 
And if not, you will hear this. And then I will tell Lobro that he's wrong. Uh, let's go with number one. All right, number one. The Lakers should do everything they can to keep Anthony Davis. Yes, yes. Truth, truth, truth. And he's the type of player that is good enough that every team should do everything possible to get Anthony Davis on their roster. You could replace Lakers with the the Delaware 87ers, which is the 76ers G League affiliate. And the answer would be absolutely. Wouldn't that be a plot twist? Uh, every, every team should do everything they can to get a talent like Anthony Davis. All right, truth. Number two, the Tigers will win the national championship game. Truest statement, tr- a truer statement has never been said. The question is, is it Tigers or Tigers? <laughs> That's the question, really. Is it Death Valley or Death Valley? Both teams call their home stadium Death Valley. Really? Uh, right. Is it the Tigers or the Tigers? Is it Dabo or Cocho? Is it, there's a lot of similarities. Is it 14-0 so. or 14-0? Uh, yep, yeah, all right, there you go. So that's, that's, I mean, that's <laughs> got to be a win. That's a win and a win and a win. The Hokies barely made it out of Syracuse with a win. True. I mean, or, or, or yeah, truth. Truth. There we go. Um, I mean, when you play the way you did in the first half, the best you can do is is escape with a win, right? When, when you allow the other team to shoot 52% and you only score 27 points in the first half, the best you can expect is to escape with a win. Luckily, you held them to 37% shooting in the second half and you scored 40 points and you flipped the script on them, and Jalen Cohn got hot, and, and some other really good things happened. So, so yes, they, they barely escaped, but it's a, it's a decent, uh, decent outcome for barely escaping. Right. Number four, now that his contract extension is over, Tom Brady should call it quits and retire. You, you just heard me say this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I, I, I don't advise people that I don't know, but if I were his, his boy – if, if we grew up in, you know, I think he's a Southern Cal guy. If we grew up out in California together, like catching the waves and tossing around the pigskin, uh, then, then I would hit him up and be like, hey, Tom, what are you doing? What, what really do you have left to prove? Give me a list. And my guess is he would answer like, uh, well, um, nothing. Uh, so I would be like, just enjoy your kids, man. Go get a hobby. Learn to whittle. Knit. Play golf. Do something. Number five, the Cowboys have absolutely no hope for next season after hiring Mike McCarthy. Trash. They have too much talent, and 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 the NFL is a talent league. It, it's going to come together at some point. Dak Prescott's a, a above-average quarterback. Zeke Elliott might be the best, most talented running back in the league. He's definitely in the conversation up there with with guys like Christian McCaffrey, uh, Saquon Barkley, um, and then Amari Cooper is a, is a, is good enough to be a number one. The defense has talent. Um, it, Talent rules everything, right? I say this all the time. Uh, there is value in play calling. There is value in coaching. But it's about Jimmys and Joes way more than it's about X's and O's. And the Cowboys have the Jimmys and Joes. So uh, McCarthy might be the right piece. I didn't love it, but he might be good enough. So, so I'm not going to say they have no chance. And then number six, unlike the Alliance of American Football, the XFL will make it through one full season. Okay, first, oh, they, they'll, they'll make it through a season because Vince McMahon has enough money behind it. So I'll go truth with one full season. But uh, the question that I think the statement that should have been made is unlike the Arena League, unlike the AAF, unlike the XFL the first time, unlike NFL Europe, unlike uh, every U- the USFL, unlike every single other 
secondary professional football league, will this one survive? And the answer to that would be no. For the exact reason I just said, a bunch of other smart people have tried. Now, the XFL does have deep pockets backing them, so they won't run into the problem that the AAF ran into, which was halfway through the season they ran out of money, and the people that had the deep pockets were like, we're not going to keep pouring money into this money pit. Uh, the, the, the XFL is backed by higher people with, with higher net worths, mm-hmm. so, so they don't have to worry about that as much. So, uh, so it will make it one season, though. That's the truth. And number seven, the low bronus. Low bro is the greatest producer of all time. Of all time, now, now you have to you of the Tim Donnelly show. We might be leaning that <laughs> way, but but you know I wouldn't call myself the greatest host of all time. Not even on the list. So so how can the 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 greatest producer of all time not be aiding the greatest host of all time? Mm. Uh, you know, there's there's you know I have my own part uh, pantheon of of the greats. Right. Um. So I'm gonna go ahead and say trash here. But with kindness. With, 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 with <laughs> kindness. Knowing that we're both still very early in our journeys. I'll be humble and I'll give that. I'll agree with that as seven well. Seven for seven. Uh, before we take off here, do want to remind everybody this weekend when you're hanging with friends, telling stories, maybe you're sitting around on that back deck like I described when we were talking about Tom Brady. Uh, grab yourself a Dos Equis and keep it interesante. Stretch the truth a little. Don't be afraid to, to make it interesting because, after all, Dos Equis is the only beer that has lettered in football, football, and foosball. Uh, it's the only beer whose shade of green on the bottle is the exact same shade as uh, Field Turf, and it's the only bottle that inspired the very first two-point conversion. So go ahead and keep it interesante this weekend uh, and grab yourself a Dos Equis. Always drink responsibly. We're going to get, in the next couple of minutes here, we're going to get our friend Andy Bitter of The Athletic on the phone. He's going to help us break down the Bill Tierlink hiring and also uh, look ahead towards what might be coming for the Virginia Tech coaching staff. Stick around. That's coming up next right here on the Tim Donnelly Show. The WRAD Talk Network, 1017-1035, 1460 AM, the TuneIn app, and WRADradio.com. More of the Tim Donnelly Show next on WRAD. Welcome back. Tim Donnelly Show continuing here on the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, 1017-1035 and 1460 AM. Uh, We are uh, getting set here to bring on Andy Bitter of The Athletic joins us on the the Baker team hotline. Uh, first time visiting us in the morning. Andy, as always, thank you very much for taking the time. Hey, no problem. Um, the Obviously big news over the last couple of days here. Bill Tierlink ends up as the defensive line coach replacing uh, you know two decades of stability from, from Charlie Wiles. Uh, I guess my first question is, how does this connection get made? Uh, how does Tierlink, who's an NFL defensive line coach, even – uh, you know, make himself available for this position. You know, I'm curious about that myself too. Uh, you know, <laughs> we haven't been able to talk to him yet. Uh, obviously, Fuente and Tierlink know each other from Illinois State. I mean, it's another Illinois State connection, 2005 and 06, uh, when Tierlink, I believe that was his first coaching job uh, in college, uh, worked on that same staff as Justin Fuente, and then. Uh, I, I'm guessing they, they've kept in touch over the years. I'm not really sure why you would leave an NFL job like this. I mean, he's been in the NFL eight years of his career. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, I, I, I don't quite know what the salary structure of uh, NFL coaches are in terms of how much they make and, and assistant coaches like that. So I, I think he could be getting paid something comparable here. 
I don't know if he just likes the cow's lifestyle. These are plenty of questions I'd love to ask him if they make him available for an interview. But uh, uh, obviously there was a connection there between the two, and, and he thought it was a good opportunity. And it, it'll be interesting to see uh, for the Hokies going forward because, you know, now they have somebody that they can sort of sell that NFL mindset, that NFL approach uh, with some of these recruits. And if you look at the, the history of Virginia Tech's defensive line, you know, yeah, they've been productive over the years. They've not really put a ton of guys in the NFL. I think that's one thing that maybe has, has hampered them a little bit on the recruiting trail. What special sauce was at Illinois State during that time period? I've been comparing it to, to almost freaks and geeks, right, where uh, young actors got together and now they're all adults and, and making movies together seemingly every year. Uh, at Illinois State, a bunch of young coaches <clears throat> meet each other, and now at Virginia Tech it seems like every year there's another connection to those Illinois State coaching staffs. Well, you know, I, I, I hear a lot of people see, like, an Illinois State connection. They go, oh, God, you just hired another one of the people he knows. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's sort of the business. I mean, you, you hire people that you know, that you're comfortable with. Uh, you know, all these people that are complaining about, oh, he's just making hiring his friends. It's like, what do you think Frank Beaver did with Bud Foster and Charlie Wiles and Steinspring? Like, these were all people that had worked for him or, or were close to him during his, his coaching career a couple of them at Murray State, you know, it's sort of the same thing with Illinois State. You move on to bigger and better things, and you hire people that you know. So uh, this is just sort of how college football hiring works, where you're going to hire people who you're comfortable with, who you know can work with you, who you know work within the system that you want to have. And, uh, you know, obviously that was a pretty uh, influential place, Illinois State, in Justin Fuente's coaching career. Andy Bitter of The Athletic covers the Hokies, joining us here on the Baker Team Hotline. Um, Andy, when you get by kind of what we've talked about, which is the, the, the surface of, of Tierlink, right? He was, he was in the NFL. Uh, the connection was Illinois State. He's now coming to Virginia Tech. Uh, what does he bring? How does his skill set or his experience complement either, either Justin Hamilton as a defensive coordinator or Daryl Tapp as a defensive assistant that obviously is going to be, you know, mixing himself into that defensive line instruction period. Yeah. I mean, like I said, he has an NFL approach. I mean, he, he's coached in the NFL for eight years. I mean, his dad, John Tierlink was one of the best defensive line coaches ever. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm from Minnesota. So I was there when he was coaching <laughs> John Randall and, and Chris Dolman and those guys. So I'm well familiar with John Tierlink's handiwork. Uh, so if you're going to learn from anybody, learn from a guy that has three Super Bowl rings and coached a couple of Hall of Famers uh, during his career. So I, I think he's got a pretty good pedigree in, in that sense. Uh, you know, like I mentioned before, it, it just seems like they haven't produced a ton of really top-notch defensive line guys. That's not to say they haven't had uh, really productive guys when they've been here, but you know the last defensive end that Virginia Tech has had they got drafted and played defensive end in the NFL. It was Daryl Tapp, and that was in 2006. <laughs> so uh, you're going back a long way. They just really haven't had the, the defensive line NFL talent over the years. I don't know if that's it, it, sort of a chicken and egg thing. Like, mm-hmm. do they not have the talent because they recruited? A, they had a system that recruited smaller guys that don't really translate to that? Or, you know, could they not land those guys because they weren't producing NFL talent? I don't really know. But now all of a sudden you've got a guy in tier link who has that NFL background. So I think that he's got some street cred in that sense. And you've got a guy in Daryl Tapp who just played in the NFL for 12 years, who is a Hokies All-American, 
you know, you combine those two on the recruiting trail, I think that's pretty good for the defensive line. So I'm curious to see what kind of results they can produce. Does it does it uh, align with a change in what we're going to see in the defensive line? I mean, even this recruiting class, and I know, you know, it was started before many of these hires or, or promotions were made. But but there's some guys that are six five at defensive end. Uh, Alec Bryant's a big guy and one of the top recruits in the class. It looks like they're now recruiting more NFL bodied or at least NFL potential bodied recruits. And then they bring in offensive or excuse me defensive line coaches that seem to be you know the the developers to get them there. Yeah, I, I think they would like to get bigger. Mm on the defensive line. I mean, you, you look at that group last year and uh, nobody really towers over anybody else. I mean, Belmar is probably six, three, something like that. I, I think uh, Taiwan Garbett was listed at six, three as a recruit. And he's really six, one. Uh, it's amazing. The num- amazing. The number of recruits that shrink by a couple of, yeah, well, you aren't including the here. hair and the cleats. Hey, we can get them there. <laughs> right. But like Jared Hewitt and, and Deshaun Crawford, I mean, they're like five, 10 and six feet. I mean, they're just not, big guys they have and that you know that has worked over time but I, I think you do need some size on the defensive line so I, I think you're you're probably seeing a shift here you know we haven't talked to Justin Hamilton mm-hmm. uh, since he was promoted to defensive coordinator I'd love to hear his philosophy on, on what they're going to do uh, defensive line wise but you know just kind of looking at the the way they've approached this recruiting class and then the way they've gone about these hires I think you can tell something is going to change up front even if it's not uh, a radical overhaul of the system. So, so it seems pretty obvious that the reason we were waiting on the defensive line coaching announcement or decision was uh, because Tierlink was was coaching in the NFL playoffs, which is you know an awesome reason to wait. Uh, is there a similar reason to wait, or are they still deciding, or or do we not know on the cornerback position, kind of that last opening on on the staff? You know, I really do not know what direction they're going with the defensive backs coach, and you know, I think Tierlink. Tierlink's name has been out there for like four or five weeks. Like yep. it has been out there a long time. Uh, defensive backs coach, I have heard next to nothing <laughs> about that one. Or corner cornerbacks coach, yep. I should say. And you know, there are still NFL teams playing. I don't know if that's the direction they want to go with that. Uh, there are still bowl games being played, uh, and I'm not necessarily for bowl games, but like FCS playoffs, mm-hmm. if that's a an, uh, a direction they want to go. And uh, James Madison's still playing there, so. Uh, I, I will be curious to see how they round that off. Because you look at how they've aided Justin Hamilton so far. You bring back a big Hokies name who's got instant credibility in the 757 and Daryl Tapp. You bring in uh, somebody who has uh, worlds of college coordinating experience, even though he won't be a coordinator here in Tracy Clays. And you bring in somebody with uh, a lot of NFL experience and a lot of uh, professional cred- credibility like that at Bill Tierlink. They're really sort of hit, checking all the boxes on that defense. So I don't know exactly what direction they need to go with the cornerbacks coach, whether it's a technician, whether it's a recruiter, whether it's a combination of those things. But uh, it will be curious to see how they sort of put that last piece of the puzzle together. Andy Bitter of The Athletic joining us on the Baker Team Hotline. Andy, quickly before we let you go, uh, we, we hinted on it or, or maybe hypothesized about it last time you joined the show. Uh, but since it's been made official, Deshaun McLeese heading to the NFL draft, uh, it was expected. How prepared are, are the, the Hokies to replace his production at the running back spot? Well, they have 30 running backs on the <laughs> roster, it seems. Uh, so each one know, will get one carry, and that'll replace it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they better not fumble it. They're out there never seeing the field again. Uh, you know, I, I think this was sort of anticipated by the coaching staff. You see them bringing a guy like Khalil Herbert, a Kansas transfer who I think will be in the mix for a bunch of carries next year. 
Uh, Marco Lee was a, a junior college guy, a little bit bigger, 225 pounds. I imagine he'll be in there. Uh, you know, Keyshawn King is back. I thought he had a really promising freshman year. I, I think he's got a very bright future with the Hokies as well. You know, Jalen Holston, uh, mm-hmm. if he comes back off that injury, he's another bigger guy. Uh, so I think they have options. I, I don't think losing McLeese is going to leave them shorthanded in any sense. And he, was, he had a, a, a very good year last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was anything irreplaceable, though. I, I, I think you put the right people in place, you can do a pretty good job of replacing him. So, uh, you know, good luck to him at the next level. You know, he was here for a long time, five years, got two degrees. But, you know, I think Virginia Tech will be okay at, at running back with the, the different pieces they have replacing him. All right. Andy, we appreciate you for stopping by, giving us the insight. We'll check back in, uh, back in with you later this offseason. All right. Sounds good. All right. Once again, that's Andy Bitter of The Athletic. You can follow him along on Twitter, at AndyBitterVT, and, and we really appreciate him uh, stopping by in the morning for the first time to, uh, to chat about the Hokies. And, and he confirmed a lot of what I already thought. Cornerbacks coach, we don't know, right? And, and he's as connected as anyone. He's more connected than I am, so uh, you know, uh, it's kind of nice, right? He doesn't know and I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bill Tierlink looks like a good hire. And, and again, confirmed there. I like being confirmed by smart people. When I say something and a smart person says, I agree, uh, a well-connected person says, I agree, I, I, I enjoy that. And then lastly, uh, he confirmed the, the fact that I believe uh, with Deshaun McLeese that the, the Hokies uh, are well-prepared for it, right? They have bodies to put in there. They have talent to put in there. Um, they can wish him luck genuinely as he leaves. Sometimes you're wishing someone luck like, I want you to do well, but I really wish you would stay because we really need you. Um, and then sometimes you get to be genuine about it and say, uh, you know, have fun, good luck, represent us well. We like you. Uh, we, you know, we want you to come back and visit, um, but we're going to be just fine without you. And I think that's where they are with the running back position, uh, and that's kind of uh, along the lines of, of what Andy Bitter told us right there. So, again, Andy Bitter of The Athletic. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Andy Bitter V. Uh, we're nearing the end of the show here. I want to remind everybody that you can catch this show on podcast, just about everywhere podcasts can be found. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe if you do go the Apple Podcasts route. Uh, I also want to remind you to follow us along on social media, at Donnelly Sports, at Donnelly Show. We've been getting a lot of awesome uh, interactions since the, the we've moved to mornings on Twitter, and, and I love hearing from you. I love responding to you. I love joking around with you. So, uh, so send your jokes and everything, at Donnelly Show, at Donnelly Sports. Uh, and we will definitely, uh, you know, if, if it's if it if it makes me chuckle, it'll get mentioned on air, as happened a few times uh, here today. So uh, with that being said, we'll be back tomorrow to round out the week. Our first morning week will end uh, 6 a.m. tomorrow. Until then, have a great day, everybody.